Bring it in. Welcome back to the Chimp and the Champ podcast. With today, we've got something new going on. We've got Scott Faribault. As always. We also happen to have some pretty awesome people here. We've got Angela Ross, who is the chief chimp at the Gorilla House Gym. We've also got our general manager, Jeremy Claypool. And today, we are going to give you some pretty good nuggets of information. We're going to talk about some different things today that are going to be a little bit more exciting. This is going to be a lot more informative. So first thing first, uh, let's talk about, we're going to kind of turn it over to Ange a little bit and talk to Ange about what heart rate training actually is. Yeah, so heart rate zone training. Um, Heart rate zone training is essentially energy system training. It is categorizing the level of effort and what metabolic and physical stress the body is undergoing at each different phase. So um, I recently changed Barbell Club over to um, zone training because of my own personal experience. Um, I started to look more into zone training. I was familiar with it, but not really in any depth of quality um, or knowledge because um, I've done a lot of marathons, half marathons, sorry, um, and trail races, but I've always layered those races with weight training. So I would just kind of add on one of these endurance programs. And when you end up doing that, you end up kind of just cherry picking workouts here and there. And when I would cherry pick those workouts, it would say, because most of them are about training in zone two, it would you know, suggest a zone two workout. And I thought to myself, well, you know, you go out there and you start running. And what I was conditioned for was threshold training, which is zone four. And to get into that zone two, I would have had to walk. And, you know, previously what has always served me well was more, more, more. More volume, more miles, just more. Um, You know, in my mind, if I just pushed and then emptied the tank and then pushed a little bit harder, in my mind, the next time I went out... Yeah, I had stretched the balloon. I could push a little bit further. And that had always served me well in my youthful body, which, you know, we'll kind of talk about here in a little bit. The aging athlete, you have to be a little bit more strategic. You have to be a little bit more ruthless with your training. And there can be no more junk miles. There can be no more, um, you know... uh, Smash and dash. Yeah, no more smash and dash. It does not serve you well (laughs) anymore. And, yeah, and that was the other thing is I was really noticing was people were telling me things like I started to get Botox and she told me, you know, you're going to blow through this Botox because your metabolism is really high. And I was like, my metabolism is not high. I maintain this lean frame because every morsel of food that goes into this body is measured. Like this is not just, I eat whatever I want and I stay lean. And so I was like, whatever, but she was right. I blew through it. So I, so these things started to kind of like prickle in my mind and I started looking and I, we came across Joel Jameson, and we started digging into that. He's the HRV king. And so we started digging into HRV, which leads you into these energy systems. And, um, you know, that was the other thing is you do these really hard workouts, and you push, and you push, and you push, and you're emptying the tank every day. You're hungry, like insatiably hungry. And, you know, it, your body is way smarter. Your biology is smarter than we are. So you take a scoop of peanut butter, and before you know it, you've had, like, a cup of peanut butter because <laughs> you're, yeah. you're hungry. And that's your body saying, if you want to do this amount of work, your body literally needs to be larger because that's the only way you can have more energy is to be a larger human. Um, so start getting into the, the heart rate zone training, which essentially is the energy system. Um, which, if you're unfamiliar, there's, we go by five zones. Zone one is essentially walking. 
Um, everybody's zone's different. It's based off of percentages, and it depends on if you have a Garmin, or if you have Polar, or if you have Apple Watch, or if you have Morpheus. I mean, there's so many different ones where those percentages fall. But um, zone one is essentially no training. There's no adaptions taking place. Um, zone two is where primarily we should train a lot of the time. The reason you want to train in zone two a lot is it's great for heart health. So what it does, which was in my mind, which is what I was doing with my threshold training, was it does, it, it stretches your left ventricle like a balloon. It makes it, it's, you know, it's contracting and growing so that it, it's stronger, so that you have essentially a better capacity for VO2 max. Um, and this is where you should train most of your most of your time. And this is where you are using fat for fuel. There's no lactose or CO2 buildup. So there's no metabolites. It's low metabolic stress. Um, the load on the muscle is low. So there's an increase in circulation and mitochondria without that metabolic or orthopedic stress. Um, so zone two is kind of where we should train a lot. Um, zone three is where we start to use glucose. And that's where that we get real super sweaty. Everyone loves that zone three because you really feel like you got a great workout. Um, but it does, it, it uses glucose, so there's a lot of CO2 production, there's a lot of metabolites in your body, so there's, um, there's a lot of, there's recovery, or demand for recovery after that, where zone two is at endlessly sustainable pace. Um, zone four is threshold, just like we were talking about. Uh, your body is producing a lot of metabolic waste. So when you hit zone four, you need a lot of time afterwards to uh, recover. And a lot of the time, especially when you're young, and the, you know, the youthful body is, um, is very forgiving, but it allows you to do a lot of zone four training. But like I said, as you get older, um, you start to burn out that you're burning through energy at an extreme rate. And you'll see things like um, wrinkles, <laughs> thin skin, uh, fatigue, severe fatigue. So you sleep nine hours, you wake up, you're super tired, you find yourself wanting to take a nap in the middle of the day, take a nap, you fall into the wormhole, two hours later you wake up, you feel worse, you start looking for coffee. Um, you know, these, these probably sound familiar to a lot of people. <laughs> um, so then there's zone five, and zone five is necessarily not about a heart rate. Um, zone five is more about a power output. So if you're sprinting and, and you know it's a pace that you can only hold for 10, 15 seconds, that's zone five. So zone five is more about not that, not that 99% heart rate output, it's more about a 99% output of power. So zone five is, um, it's anaerobic. So it's what you have in the tank right there for that 10 to 15 second burst. So zone five is um, kind of like, it's, it's on these watches, it's a little misleading because technically if you do hit, like let's say your max is 181, if you hit that max 181, you're still generally in that threshold training. Because I know a lot of people, especially the way we were training prior, I mean, you were one of them. You could maintain 181 for the whole 20-minute AMRAP. Yeah, <laughs> and feel good. Well, yeah, your body's dumping cortisol and adrenaline in there. Yeah, I feel really good. When feel that good happens, for about actually. 20 minutes after, yeah. <laughs> then 21 minutes. I'm 20. Yeah, the 21 minute. Yeah, you're looking for coffee and nap. Yeah. Um, so yeah, previously we thought that the human body had this infinite amount of energy, and it turns out we don't. We're very biological, and there is an energy cap, um, which I don't know if we'll get into talking about the nutrition or not, but um, Herman Ponser put out a, break, a great book. It's called Burn, 
and it's about that metabolic ceiling. So at my size, 130 pounds, I have a BMR and I can put out two and a half times that BMR of energy per day, period. Jeremy is 185 pounds, his BMR is X. Sorry, I keep on. <laughs> um, and you know, his is multiplied two is times two and a half, and that's his, and that's what it that's you get that energy, and that energy is yours. Yeah, but that's that's for physical movement, that's for your brain, that's for breathing, and that's for the recovery of all of that stuff that you're doing. Yeah, so um, we have to be very ruthless about that energy the further we age, because like I said, youthful bodies. And you know we'll kind of talk about that here in a few minutes. But youthful bodies are very forgiving. Um, but you know stress, I don't think people realize. But stress is another thing. Like if I work a nine to five job and it's extremely stressful, I'm sitting there stressing from nine to five. It is exactly the same as going for a mile run. It has the exact taxing capabilities on my system. My autonomic and my parasympathetic nervous system are feeling the exact same stress as if I was running a mile for time. And I don't think people really truly realize how bad stress impacts their lives. And I think one of the great things about Garmin, you've got a body meter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the great things about Garmin is it will track your body meter all day and it gives you your stress. So when you're, hi when you're highly stressed, your body meter, you can literally just watch it. You know, I just went through a really stressful period of time. Um, with, uh, I don't want to talk about it, but... Um, life, personal issues. Yeah. yeah, life. <laughs> and, you know, day in and day out, I was thinking about this one thing, and I would wake up, and my body meter wasn't so great. I mean, I'd wake up, and it would only be, like, 72, which, I mean, that's okay, but it's not great. And then by... I, I wake up at, like, 3.45 in the morning, so by 5 o'clock, so I've had an hour, you know, and 15 minutes on my feet. My body meter's down to, like, 48. Yeah. Because I was just, that's all I was thinking about, just yep. stressing about it. And then, yeah, and then just, you now I still got to coach classes and come in and train and, you know, do all these other things. So, yeah, it's physical or emotional stress is very impactful, too. We need to be ruthless about taking care of that with meditation. And and I think you were going to kind of talk about HRV, right? Yeah. Before we get into it, can I ask you a question on that? Yeah. So people that do not have or don't use um, smartwatches, yeah. how would they want to train? Like, how would they know? in the military days if you remember they did the talk test yeah right? that's a very good test so yeah. does that is that actually effective yeah. for like zone two so if you yeah. can say a sentence or you can have a conversation there's usually zone two yeah so if right. you come to endurance training and andrew runs sunday i run tuesday we all andrew and i always tell people if you don't have a watch because we've got lots of people that don't have a watch you know they just don't want to get into the nuances or spend the money whatever but yeah zone two is i can talk just like i'm talking now like i just did zone two training this morning and my zone two is 128 to 140 beats per minute per minute and, you know, I can have a I could we could do this conversation, like I could get on the bike now and we could have this right. exact same conversation. When you hit zone three, that's when you start to need to right. take a deep breath in between. They say about every three or four words, right? Yeah. You start getting a deep breath. Exactly. Yeah. So in order for you to, someone like myself who is trying to work on their endurance, so keeping that, that level down yeah. and training more on, on in that level where I can have a conversation or where I can actually get words out instead of being out of breath yeah. is going to help me in the future. Yes, correct. Yeah. And, you know, one of the magical things we've been doing this, how long, how long have we been doing this now? A month? We've been zone doing, we've been yeah. Training a while, we've been doing you guys zone have been pounding in on it, yeah. Like very recently. Yeah, really. Re after Gorilla Games. Yes. Yeah, we really kind of toned it in, and we did one the other day where I was I can't remember what the workout was, but I was like, send it. 
freaking send it. it. Yeah, send it. Let, let's see how your heart, yeah, you were there. I was mm-hmm. like, see how your heart does. Let's see how, you, how you're tolerating this conditioning. And I would say 89% of people did really good. Yeah. I have one person and her heart rate, I mean, I can kind of look at her. She comes in the door and her heart rate gets to 212. You know? yeah. <laughs> She's always out of control. And uh, she did great the other day. She was at 140. I was like, oh my God, you're a big deal. She's like, I know. <laughs> I awesome. think getting people to that point is hard. That's what I wrote down. So people are used to coming in and you do the yes. hard workouts to zone five because your watch, like you said, is misleading, right? So yeah. it says to zone five, that's my max heart rate, but not really because yeah. now we know you're, that's under the fifth, first 15, 20 seconds when you're sprinting. Right. But training in zone two, I always get the comment, wow, it feels like I'm not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, but you need to train in this zone right. to get better at being able to hold zone three and four or whatever you want to do. Well, I think a lot of people too are used to training because they come in here and they train hard because I want to go home and eat pizza. Like I, I'm not going to be able to go home and eat, sit on my kitchen floor and eat cookie dough if I don't come in here (laughs) and dump my incomplete and total central nervous system onto the floor. Exactly. Yeah. So they're very aware that if, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this or that, I'm not going to be able to go home and sit there and like that ties into that whole emotional thing and nutrition and raining in that in and well that goes into time. like you said we don't have endless energy right no you're we don't of, you're allotted a certain amount so you right. can't say well my watch says i burned a thousand calories in that workout i can go home and eat that thousand calories right. and i earned it I, I worked it all off already so that's not how it works <laughs> well i think that's misleading too because i ran three one miles the other day it was the workout we were trying out for yes for for next week so we ran a mile and then we did some work so i i, I stopped my watch for my three miles so i could keep track of my time and my first mile, I mean, I was moving. I was moving. I got out my hurry. I showed Jeremy. I was like, oh, it's 194. I don't know if it's good or bad. I've never been at 194. <laughs> I live it that way. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but um, I burned 86 calories yeah. on that mile run. Yeah. How about wow. that? Yeah, 86 calories. I did three runs. I didn't even burn 300 calories. That's wow. Awesome. Yeah, donut has... 384, 420, depending on the cal- on the donut. So, yeah, so. I think the other problem is people come in here and they like the, the higher intensity. They're go, go, go for an hour. When you ask them, hey, we're going to slow this down a little bit. Yeah. It's mentally, they're like, wait a second. This is what I'm used to. So they got to adapt the to the new style. Of, right. Yeah, they like that adrenaline dump. But some people are like, I used to like chase it all the time. Yeah. That's why oh, I worked yeah. out. I chased it. Yeah. And as we're going to find Same. out later in aging, yeah. why that's probably not any good for me anymore. No. So, yeah, very good. And why don't we want to chase that because of HRV? Because of HRV, which yeah. we're going to get into. So um, I guess we'll segue right into that. Yeah. If you're I good. think that's great. Yeah. Okay. yeah so let's talk about HRV. It? So HRV is heart rate variability. So heart rate var- var- variability has to do with the beats in between or the time in between each beat of your heart. All right. So your heart beats at an irregular rhythm. It's not always every second it beats. It, it varies from person to person, right? So this heart rate variability has a lot to do with lifestyle factors. So if you have, well, let's back up. Let's talk about, we want to be between 50 and 70. That's, or 50 to 70 is considered low heart rate variability, right? Mm-hmm. So we start looking at, um, it, should, it should show some health problems down the road. We want to be higher. We want to be 70 to nine, or seventy to 100. That's ideally where we want to be. How do we fix that? Well, there's a lot of things we can do to fix heart rate variability. Diet is one. The way we exercise is going to be another one. Sleep, um, alcohol. Um, your lifestyle factors all around, weed, all of these things play a factor of how your heart rate variability goes. Um, and we were actually just talking before the show, I showed Ange my heart rate variability. So I had a bad night of sleep last night, right? So I was up and down. 
when you wake up should be your best time for H-heart heart rate variability. And if you do test your heart rate variability, I don't like to get that word out. <laughs> we want to be able to do it consistently the same time every day. So like Yance said, you don't want to say, well, you know what, I, I test the best at noon, so I'm gonna use noon. You should do it when you first wake up, when you're in a relaxed state, um, before any kind of, before you eat. I like to get up, turn my, I have a um, app called Welltroy. I hit it, I lay in my bed right when I wake up, it gives me my reading, and I go from there. Um, that heart rate variability, for me, I can tell you now, does that mean I'm not gonna work out that day if I have a bad day where it's low heart rate variability? Let's say I'm at 40%. I'm going to work out, but it's going to dictate how I'm going to work out. Yeah, you should be doing that right. zone two training. Yeah. Right. And watch out. What, the Welltroy app, um, what I really like about it, not that we have no, we have nothing for Welltroy, but right. the Welltroy app will tell you, hey, today's going to be a low pace, KP. Like, take a walk, maybe go for a hike. It, it, it'll literally tell you, like, you're, this is not your day to go save the world. Like, so um, that's a good day that I might just kick back and go for a walk or maybe take, you know, hike a little bit, play with the kids in the side yard. Um, but it's very good to know how you got to train because if I'm at 40% and I come in here and I do an hour's worth of the most intense work that I can do, yeah, that's just going to make it worse. Like you're just, you're setting fuel to a fire and then you're, it's going to light you up and that's where the stress and cortisol come in. My body's going to start shutting down. Um, the central nervous system takes such a beating in a lot of these workouts too. So that central nervous system isn't there. So it starts um, playing hell on that. Yeah, and the more you beat yourself up, the worse your sleep yes. gets. So you're not even able to fix it. Yep. Yeah, today was a recovery day for me. And like I said, I ran on the treadmill for 30 minutes around the air runner. And I kept my heart rate in zone two. And that meant for me today, because I am a little beat up, I woke up. I use Morpheus. Yes. And it said I was at 70% recovered, which is not good. So Morpheus goes in collars. It's like yellow is like not good. Orange is not good either. And then Red is I good. think it's green. <laughs> yeah, green means go. But it was um, I was 70%. And in the Morpheus, you shouldn't train hard unless you're 80% or better. Yeah. So I came in, I did a 30-minute air runner, and I stayed in zone two, and that meant a lot of walking for me today, which I, is frustrating because I did. I felt <laughs> you start getting going. Yeah. The adrenaline starts to dump, cortisol starts to dump, and you, and you can convince yourself I could go, but you have to be smarter than that. Ruthless with, with your training, strategic. So I, yes, I'm boxing it in. We were, we've used, I've used the uh, training today, right? which is, seems to be something that works oh, yeah, well for, for the Apple yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed, I've noticed certain days I'd wake up and sometimes it's just like, oh man, you need to like relax today. Today you should do nothing but like sit down, relax, maybe go for a, a, a light walk. And I, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, you get in here and you get excited and you, you know, you start doing something and you I'm really want to push. Yeah, I'm with my peeps, <laughs> you know, I'm with, I'm with my people in Barbell Club and I'm super excited and then I get pumped up and then, you know, you'll get halfway through the workout and you're like, oh crap, that watch might have been right. Yeah, my phone might be right. This yeah. is starting to be rough. You yeah, know, the and, soft tissue yeah, injuries, and, you start, and yeah, you start to realize really quick that the you fatigue and the pump the brakes. Yeah. So let's we'll bring it back into the HRV real quick. A couple other things that people don't realize that are going to affect it, and this actually goes into zone training. Caffeine intake. Mm -hmm. A lot of caffeine intake. And I just went through this myself. Yeah. Can affect. Yeah. The, the way you're training. So if I come in here with 500 milligrams of caffeine, I'm already in zone two. Like I'm walking the door at zone two because my heart rate is just pumping, 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 pumping. Right. Yeah. Same thing with HRV. If you live off of caffeine, the central nervous system, yeah. your Tom's nervous system, they're taking a beating on this, um, and it's going to kind of screw it. It suppresses it. Yes. Yes. And weed so. suppresses your, one of them, the parasympathetic nervous system or something. One of them. One of them take, we know somebody who's religiously using weed, and he can't, he's got an Apple Watch, and he can't ever get over zero. Yeah. Wow. It's constantly a good zero. A good number for him is one. He's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I'm at yeah, one. I'm, I'm going to go today. Awesome. Yeah. Now, would that same effect be for, you know, people use CBD? 
I don't know. I wonder if that, I'd like to see the research if CBD would be the same as, like, is it the THC effect or is it the cannabinoids itself? I'd be kind of curious to see how that works. But um, I, they, I know they say 400 milligrams or less of caffeine, 400 milligrams or less of caffeine a day. Yeah, and but you should have it 12 hours before you go to bed. Yes. Wow. Yeah, hours. otherwise it's still in your body yep. impacting. Yeah. It's, so it's if you have that 2 o'clock coffee and you go to bed at 10, it's still there. So it's still impacting and... You know. So when you're taking that pre-workout as you walk into the gym at, at 5 o'clock. At 6 o'clock, yeah. Well, here's what's yeah. crazy. Wow. Energy drinks themselves, right, depending which ones you get. Some of them have all these synthetic. other the synthetic caffeines. It's in your system even longer. Wow. It can mess you up for a day or two. Like, it's it's pretty pretty bad with these synthetic caffeines and synthetic energy drinks will do. Right. So keep that in mind if you're a big caffeine drinker. Um, that will play havoc on your system. So Yeah, um, so we watch our HRV. For the conditioning, but the end result is what we want out of this conditioning is a good VO2 max. Right. So before we do VO2 max, on the opposite end of the watching your HRV and letting technology rule your world, <laughs> I think you still need to listen to what your body says whenever you go to work out. Okay, like, says listen. says the 29-year-old. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so some days, some days I, I do feel like, all right, like, you know, my watch will say I'm at, because my... Garmin goes from zero to hundred. I think training today is only one yeah. to ten. So same 10. thing though. Yep. Like if I'm at eighty nine, you're at eight point nine. Whatever, same thing. But if it says that I'm at sixty, but I'm like, all right, well, I don't feel like I'm at a sixty. I, I feel like I can go a little harder today, or vice versa. It says I'm at a hundred. I'm like, shit, man, I feel like I'm at a one. You know. So like, I just you know, you're supposed to listen to how you feel more than reading the reading the Garmin or reading the app or whatever you have. I guess I, I don't know if I agree with that. I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. Oh, don't let this watch dictate your life. But I also have no idea sitting here. I can't tell you what my yeah, stress no level idea. is. I can't tell you what my HRV is reading. I have no idea what my blood pressure is reading unless they're at a critical point. So having that data helps me dictate if I should push or not. Because having like I said. might help you, but do you always wear your watch every single day no matter what? I actually to do. Bed. Yeah. So, like, and everything. so I try to do that, right? But then there's some days where like, oh, I forgot that it was on the charger for whatever, however long, you know? And then right. I got to put it on, depending yeah. whether I'm coming back in here or, or oh, I'm going yeah. to bed or whatever. The, you only, know, thing, so like, the only thing the worst is, is, of data is bad data. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, if you so don't, I guess if you make sure that it's consistent, then yeah. yes. But like, yeah. If you're not wearing are, your watch to sleep, you have no idea what yeah. your actual HRV is. Yeah. yeah so it has to be consistent TV. data. Yeah. It has to be good data. Yeah. yeah. It has to be, you have to wear it. It has, it has to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing too. I don't know. Well, I mean, sure here's, here's a great here's that. here's a great point though. If you're not recovered well, right, and you come in and you're feeling good, like yeah, let's friggin' send it, and you start to send it, and your heart rate goes, you got that cardiac drift. You go from 120 in you know whatever three minutes to 189. Are you recovered? I mean, is your body displaying like? The need to yes, push would, that yes, day. Yes, you would just take that as a sign. Yeah. yeah. But that your watch is telling you that, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And that's good data, though. Yeah, that is. Regardless of it captured your sleep data or what your training today number or your body meter said, you know, if you if you start a workout, it's relatively I shouldn't say chill, but if it's something that you've done before and you're able to stay in in a relatively good range, but you just cardiac drift right up to you know zone four and above. Is that good? Yeah, I would say no. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think how you train and how I train, how Scott trains is going to be, or as we dig into that, it's going to be very indicative of that too. Because like I said, Changes younger bodies, yeah, younger bodies are much more tolerant of abuse. <laughs> now, one last thing, and then we'll go into your VO2 max. I'm just really curious to this. So I noticed with my watch on the days I do weight training. So those days I just do simply weight training. Nothing heavy, but I stay in zone two most of that. Does that count as zone two training for me that day? Even though I'm bringing down muscle and I'm building muscle and you have a little more stress in your body. The strength training. Strength training. Now. It's a so, whole different kind of zone two, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So strength training is, um, it creates pressure. Anytime you lift weights, it creates pressure in your heart. So if you were to wear um, like a blood pressure cuff while you're training, let's say you do a one rep max, your blood pressure will probably go up to 300. Right. Like it's, 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 but it, it, it comes right back down. So it's not critical. But so what that does to your heart is it makes it um, less contractile. It makes it thick. Okay. So it's a hypertrophy on the on the left ventricle versus making it soft and contractile. So you're actually strengthening that side of your heart that's not necessarily in a good way. Yes, but I mean strength training is still very good because we talked about this. Like we were going, you were going to get into this in a minute, but you can have a VO two max of seventy be a 125 pound man and have no muscle tissue. And as you age, if you slip and fall and you break your hip, is that VO2 max that's supposed to help predict longevity gonna help you if you break your hip at 70? Right. Absolutely not. You need muscle to hold the frame together. So this is where you kind of have to find that perfect balance of both. So, but no, <clears throat> I mean, if you're gonna look at one, um, cardio is king. And strength training. That's what I'm asking. I wonder, I wonder if there's people out there going, oh, hey, well, when I do weight training, I'm in zone two. I just want to get that clear that you explained that right. that's two different kinds of, yeah. of zone two. So. Yeah, and that's why um, if you have one of the more specific watches, like Garmin or Morpheus, like there's two different trainings for that. Like if you do strength training in your Garmin or if I do strength training in Morpheus, it, <clears throat> especially in Morpheus, it completely shows a different screen. It's like, that doesn't even do zone. It just shows your heart rate. It just captures that picture. Apple Watch does the same thing when you choose. Yeah, it just captures correct, a picture. The correct yeah. workout, yeah. Yeah, because it actually has no impact on those zone trainings. Those zone trainings mm -hmm. are specifically for cardio. Interesting. So, Jeremy, what the heck is VO2 Max? Help me out here. All right, so the VO2 Max um, is the delivery system of oxygen for um, throughout your body, right? But it's not like what it, Scott was talking about, your HRV, right? So you can't just wake up in the morning and hit a button on your watch and be like, I want to see my VO2 max is today. Right. So VO2 max is like you'll be training at a threshold, right? So to, to find out your VO2 max, there's a bunch of different tests, right? Probably depends on your wearable, like Apple Watch is a what, 12 minute? Yeah, I think 20, 20 minutes 20 minutes, as, as far as you can like get. That. Or at least yeah, as far as you can get, but, um, and then it will tell you a VO2 max. I think most watches are based on running, yes? Yeah. Yeah, so whenever you run, it's gonna even, even if you have a Garmin or an Apple, it'll tell you, all right, go for X amount of time or X amount of distance, and it'll be like, all right, then you'll figure out your VO2 max. And then from there, you can improve it or um, I guess just, just improve it from there if you want to improve it or it'll give you, you know, your base number and tell you. But like Ange said too, you know, having a very good VO2 max because you're a marathon runner, that's great. You have a great VO2 max, but what's your muscle, you know, what's your muscle... Um, density like you know do you have good good enough muscle to if break and you know recover from a fall if you did fall whenever you were you know 70 years old probably not you know so it's kind of good to have that I want to say like a hybrid athlete you know you focus on cardio and some strength training at the at the same time and you don't have to do that every single day 
you can do, you know, strength training one day, a zone two training the next day, and then kind of a mix the next day, you know, add some strength training into your cardio, you know, um, make sure that your heart rate is going through those zones and you're controlling those zones through um, each, each workout, have a regimen, right? So it's, I should have train with a purpose, right? So today I need to recover, you know, so I'm going to do a zone two training for X amount of minutes, 30, 45 minutes. And the next day I say, all right, well, I did my recovery workout. I still haven't gone into zone five at all this this week. So let's hit a zone five workout, you know, and that's going to affect your VO2 max. Um, training it to get better. Um, what about when you have a lot of muscle tissue? Um, like you said before, muscle's expensive. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot to fuel muscle. So um, eating a lot of protein, uh, lean meats, things like that, obviously you're going to fuel better than, you know, just eating like a bird, <laughs> nuts, things like that, you know. So you have to replenish yourself yeah. and fuel yourself properly. Yeah, muscle is sure very expensive yeah, all sure with oxygen too, yeah. Um, Does my resting heart rate have anything to do with like a reflection of my VO2 max? So if I have a lower resting heart rate, let's say I'm in 45, 46, right? Does that have a direct reflection of how my VO2 max is going to look? Like, if, can, can I have a, a high, high, can I have a, a high resting heart rate and also a high VO2 max? Or if one's high, the other one's going to be naturally low. Is that how that works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're reflective of each other. Especially, same thing with an HRV. If your HRV is like 65, or I'm sorry, if your um, resting heart rate is 65, you, your HRV is going to reflect that. It's going to reflect that more um, uniform beat. So, like you said, heart rate variability is the fraction of seconds in between your heart beating. So sometimes it's a 0.8, sometimes it's a 0.2, sometimes it's a 0.6. It's never one one, one, one. But the more stressed out you get, it is that one, one, one. It's very uniform. It's your body under stress. I got to go manage some other stuff. So heart, you just beat like this. And it, yeah, so the higher your heart rate is, it does show that the less conditioned you are. Except for there's cases where, you know, if you're Children are completely different. You know, children, we were just talking, you weren't up there. Anna was just talking about her son's heart rate. She's like, his heart rate's like 181. I was like, well, yeah, when he was in the womb, his resting heart rate was like 140. And it's like, yeah, they're small birds. They're like hummingbirds. Um, but yeah, it was just as, as in re reflecting as adults, yeah, the higher your resting heart rate is, it usually, it, it is, it's a reflection of poor health. Okay. Yeah, you want a lower resting heart rate. But you can also have too low of a resting heart rate. So I know lots of people that are endurance athletes, and they have resting heart rates. I knew somebody, his resting heart rate was 33. Yeah. That. Wow. And he went into cardiac arrest. And he was in phenomenal, phenomenal shape. I mean, I think he could run his his marathon. He was, doing, he was a triathlete, but he could run his marathon, pay the, the running portion, in like four and a half minute miles. Wow. Yeah, he had, yeah, he went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And yeah, so, there's, there's so your heart is a muscle, right? So yeah. you can train it to be to not too be. strong, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. So, yeah. you know, blood can't flow. Yeah, we call that the purple zone. So. Just like we said, muscle is expensive, right? right? So for oxygen to get through that, obviously you want muscle or oxygen to go through your big muscles, but your heart, you know, right. it, needs to, it needs to be able to travel through there and the harder it has to work, the end result is going to be some sort of catastrophic... Right. You know, it could be heart yeah. attack, could be something yeah. else, you know. But So basically what we're getting at is 
Too much of anything can be bad. Right. right. That, too yeah, much of anything. That's called the purple zone. Yep. Yeah, that's called the purple zone. So we have the red zone. This is, you guys probably remember this from your CrossFit training um, certification. So you have the red zone. That's where your blood pressure's high, your glucose, your, um, your fasting glucose is high. Essentially, you're, you know, you're headed towards despair. And then there's the yellow zone where you're either head towards despair or you're getting better. You know, you're starting to get better blood pressure because you're working out or you were healthy and you're starting to deteriorate. And then there's the green zone where you have good blood pressure, good um, fasting glucose, you know, you're a healthy human being. And then there's that purple and that's where people go whenever like they're using steroids or they're just constantly overtraining or like my friend who had this resting heart rate of 33 from doing nothing but, you know, training for these races and stuff. So it's called that purple zone. It's where you take health to that extreme level and it's no longer it's no longer health they're just kind of they're just kind of beating the drum of health to fuel their disorder right. yeah well with that being said um, you have more to add with the bo2 max yeah i think we that's pretty kind yeah right? i was gonna say that's pretty much there's not a lot to it's just pretty simple so you guys are pretty skilled trainers how would somebody go about finding you to hook up for personal training hmm. um you can find me on instagram or Facebook, Instagram's Jerry Clay Fit, Facebook's Jeremy Claypool. And I'm on uh, Fairball Fitness on Instagram and Scott Fairball Fitness on Facebook. So either way you can find me on there. Yeah, or, or you just can tell me the gorilla. Yeah, you head up Gorilla House. Yeah, yeah. Come you just walk to the front desk and I bet you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is a great way to train and you guys both are very skilled with this new way that we're training and uh, any new client would be Pretty lucky to have either one of you guys. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm just just adding some testaments of my own. From I'm looking at my training today app, and so like my HRV in 2019 was a 15.6. So I oh mean, my that gosh. was that was when I was at my largest. I was like 440 ish pounds, but now I'm at. 30, look, at, look at that trend. 37.9, oh right? Gosh. That's pretty good. So that's phenomenal. I will Josh. say that that's got to be a testament to the training that I do, whether it's in barbell club, whether it's in yeah, doing Josh. endurance training, or even you know doing the training that I did with Scott. All of that stuff has come into play to make it easier for me to be able to sustain keeping these workouts going and keeping doing these things and enjoying it because now I'm to the point where I don't really even care about losing weight anymore. I just like coming and having fun. So we're out with your friends. Yeah, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to come lift weights with my friends. Well, here's what's, what's awesome about, again, we're going to kind of piggyback off the training, but if I have, Jeremy's been doing this a lot longer than I have, um, and you've been doing it longer than both of us. So, you know, Easy. 10 years plus. Like 10 years, years plus. It's like 10 years plus. <laughs> um, but I know that if I do get stuck or I have a, um, if I'm in a situation where I'm not real sure if I have a a, um, uh, a client that might, uh, that might have questions with, I know I go to either one of you two, I get the education I need, and that's what's nice about being in here. We all work as a team. It's a huge family. I know that I can take Josh, like, hey, I'm off for a week, go see Jeremy, go see Jordan, whoever you need to see, um, and it, it's phenomenal how this works in here. Like, it's a giant family. There's not a whole lot of, like, this isn't cutthroat, which is amazing to come in here and have the amount of trainers we have that all work together to get to be better trainers. That's how we, that's how we grow is by... Lean on each other, learning what I don't know from you, and same thing from you, and it just it works so well. So you have a great program. I mean, yeah, what kind of clients are what kind of clients are you working with, Jeremy? Um, I work with athletes of all kinds, um, any sport, any season. Um, I also train. Right now, I have a client who recently had a stroke, so we are dealing with things like that. She has left side weakness, um, tr trouble walking, so working on balance training, working on some strike training on, you know, I, we do too. a lot of unilateral stuff, so working one side at a time so that she's not favoring her strong side over her weak side, um, things like that. So I've trained people with 
I've trained a double amputee. I've trained single amputee. Uh, I trained a bunch of different kind of ailments. Yeah, the seniors. The We've senior, got the seniors. Seniors this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. We've got 80 year olds that are doing burpees, you know. So climbing ropes. Climbing ropes. Yeah. You guys are changing lives. Good for you. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. What about you, Scott? Is there any? I'm kind of the same boat. Um, uh, sports performance. Uh, I think you have a, I had a big, you know, weight loss one with you. Um, a lot of that you did, you know, you lost out during your own. But I currently have one that, same thing, she had a very bad heart. Um, had a major heart attack. We brought her heart rate back. In fact, she just had a doctor's appointment. They pulled her off a lot of her medication. Awesome. So her, her heart has definitely been improved. But more importantly, her morale and her, her outlook of life has been improved. So same thing, just general population, athletes, you name it. We'll, yeah, quality we'll life is priceless. It, it really is. And when I got into this, it's funny, when I got into training, I really, I thought, you know, I want to take the next greatest athlete. I want to take that athlete, take the next level. Yeah, but that shows no skill set on your part. Well, I've learned, I would rather take that person who yeah. has a lot, they, they want, they want life. They want, yeah. they have that admiration for living longer. I want that person. That's who I enjoy taking. You can take a natural athlete and pair them up with any coach and they're going to do well. Yes. But yeah, you give me some somebody that doesn't know their left from their right, and I turn them into somebody who can clean and jerk or snatch or do something really cool or climb yes. a rope. And that do everyday functional stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a little yeah. more satisfying that it way. Is way it more is. Satisfying. And I've noticed that people that can't tell their left from the right work harder than the natural athlete that comes in. And 100%. It's interesting, isn't it? Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my, my view on what I like to train, I, I like to train everybody, but um, I like those people that have that that they face something bad in their life and now they're trying to get their life back and mm -hmm. we can give that to them, which is awesome. So, yeah, nice. that's where we're at. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, pairs off of or comes off of the, the conditioning is, is trying to get these people, I think we touched on it, is trying to convince everyone that this training is solid. And we've had a couple wins, but um, I've also had a couple losses. I know there's some people in classes, and I watch them, and I say, you know, today I don't want you to leave zone three, and I watch them rowing and stuff. They're rowing at like a 147, and I know there is no way that they can row that pace and hold a 147. And they get off, and then they're going right into the next movement. They're not even checking their watch, and they have it on, and you can just tell that they're labored. And, you know, a lot of them are the older athletes. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're the folks in here that are a little bit older and, you know, their mindset is, like we talked about, if I'm not a sweaty puddle of goo, I'm not doing anything. And, um, you know, I was, I was trying to find the perfect word for this and I came up with the hedonic adaptation. So that is when a human finds happiness in something. And the easiest way to, to like describe it to everybody, taking out the exercise, is buying a new car. Hmm. So you buy a new car, and it's shiny, it's pretty, it's it smells new, good. it smells yeah. good. Everything about it is perfect. And then you've had it for six months, and now it's just your car, right? Now it's just your car. <laughs> and your buddy gets a new car, and you're like, oh, my God, I want a new car. <laughs> I want, oh, my God, their car is so much better than mine. Right. That's hedonic adaption. So you adapt to happiness immediately. And you see it a lot, like we were talking about, like you were just saying about people that have to work harder for that. They don't have that um, ingrained in them, but then there's these people that, especially like kids that come from wealthier families, and they have everything, like, you know, they turn 16, and their parents give them a car, and they go off to college, and college is paid for, and they just don't have a concept of how things 
you know, how much money things cost. But then you have somebody else who has to really work hard for that stuff. And, you know, they, they get it and they appreciate it. Um, so that, like, taking the hedonic to, like, everybody else's level, that's exactly what it is. So for us in the workout world, it's the constant, you know, um, smash, dash, and eat trash. <laughs> yep. that's, the, that's the best way to, and you get that adrenaline rush, you get that cortisol rush, and you leave, and you go home, and you do, you have a donut, or you eat cookie dough, or pizza, or whatever, and you feel justified because you worked that hard for it. Right. So that is where we're at, trying to dial it back. Um, and like I said, these aging athletes, um, you know, and this is, you were saying about, you know, the watches, and I was like, yeah, I don't agree with you. It's like, Youth can percolate in imperfection, and it never demands anything. You know, you twist your ankle, go home, take a nap, and you're fine. I twist my ankle, and I've got to nurse this friggin' thing for six months, and it may or may not never heal. You know, it's it, it's it's completely different. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about the aging athlete, and this will be a really interesting discussion because. We're not old. I mean, no. we're babies. Right. I'm 44. You're 45. 45. Yeah. Yep. Um, Jeremy's 29. Don't you, laugh over Don't you start laughing over there. <laughs> you're 29. You're I'm 34. 34. So this will be an interesting conversation because we're gonna act like we're fucking seniors. Right. <laughs> and geriatrics. We're walking. And you two are gonna me. act like we don't you know, know what's what we're bad? talking about. They can kick our asses and a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, they're just. You guys are just gonna think that we're just not working hard enough for it because I remember being 29 and hearing 40 something year old women talk about oh the slowing metabolism blah 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 and I'm thinking you just don't want it right you just don't want it and it's it's completely different so um to your face okay get it yeah so let's talk about biohacking okay because I think that the first thing you get into whenever you start to age is you start to look on the internet for how do I not age and you run across like this David Asprey and all the you know Joe Rogan's famous for it (laughs) So there's tons, yeah, there's tons of uh, tons of information. Ben Who's that? Benny Greenfield. Ben Greenfield. Oh, he's. I don't know him. Oh, I don't want to know. We'll tell you what he did. Later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, does a 19-year-old need biohacking? Absolutely not. Does a 45-year-old need biohacking? And you know, you and I kind of not disagree on this, but um, I feel that biohacking is like a one percenter. And you feel like some of it is like. I'm on your side on this. Like, I, until you, none of that works until you address your lifestyle. Like, if you are not right. sleeping, if you're not eating, if you work out, like you said, the smash and dash, the shit I believe in isn't going to work. Right. However, if all those things are, are in order and all of those are in place, you're eating well, you're sleeping well, your stress levels are low, and then you want to jump in a sauna because, you know, the sauna does have some cardiac benefit and mental health benefits, sure, probably it will work to a percentage. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. It's not your fountain of youth, but even for mental clarity, like I like the saunas personally. Like it in there, I just like the relaxing of it. I just like it, just feel good in there. Um, I don't really believe the detoxifying that it says it does. I just mentally, I know Alzheimer's runs my family. I've done research on the Alzheimer's for it. It does help for Alzheimer's, but again, if everything else in your life is in order, that's my belief, right? So yeah. So what, do you, what do you, would you think of if I suggested to you you take metformin, which is uh, the drug the diabetics I take? took it. Oh, good. Perfect. Yeah, he was on so yeah. let, me, Perfect. let me be honest about okay, it. Here we go. This is good. Yeah, so I mean, I took it because I was supposed to be pre-diabetic, yeah. um, and I was taking eight pills a day. I don't even remember what the milligrams were at this, at, anymore. 
but it made me feel terrible. It made me feel absolutely terrible. Yeah. I was so sick all of the time. Was this when you'd already tried to clean up your diet? Or this is, this was when I, to... so originally for me, I was falling asleep constantly, okay. like all the time. Like during work, I would be talking to you and I'd just start going like this and I'd still carry on a conversation, but I'd still be speaking. Um, it happened at one point at work and then my boss was like, dude, you need to go get checked out. Something's wrong. So when I did, they, you know, ran all these tests and obviously I was way overweight, but they had mentioned, you know, you're pre-diabetic. You're going to have some problems if you don't do something to try to take control of this. So I did take metformin for probably two months. So when you would fall asleep and you're having a conversation, were you lucid in your mind? Do you remember these conversations? I remember the conversations. So, so do you think you had like a mini stroke? I, I'm a, I honestly don't know. Yeah, interesting. Um, I was in the middle of a, so I teach with work, so not, I don't just work at McDonald's. Like in the restaurants, I also teach business management courses. And I was teaching a class and I was like, I would say, hey, Jeremy, okay, so what's your answer to this? And I would just start closing my eyes and sitting there like this. And Jeremy would give me the answer and I'd be like, that's actually correct. No, nice job. Thank you. And anybody else? And I'd just keep rolling. Wow. And mm. it, yeah, I couldn't control it. I was falling asleep while I was driving. Um, it was a problem. Yeah. So they got me on metformin. And then for me, it was a CPAP. The CPAP 100% changed my life. I mean, I was able to actually sleep through the night. Um, as soon as that happened, probably, I think it was, about a month after I started taking metformin, I was like, this is destroying me. It's literally tearing my insides apart. Like it was that bad. Um, I immediately then started going to the gym. So I originally just started walking, you know, and then I, I started coming in here and doing a little bit of strength training with a friend of mine and just kind of wanted more, you know, and then the one day I talked to Ray at the front desk and I'm like, I want to know a little bit more about personal training. And that was like a week when Scott, a week after Scott had started here and it just all sort of fell into place. But for me, metformin tore me apart. Yeah. Like it made me so sick that I didn't want to eat anything because it was, it was horrible. I think it's crazy that people want to take metformin when it's an actual prescription drug. It's not like, you know, you can go over to GNC or, you know, right. and buy this. It's, you literally have to ask for it as a, it's, you know, it's a super physiological response drug. I mean, if, if anybody that's listening to this is considering taking that, yeah. I can personally tell you. It makes you so sick. It's that's that the reason that you lose weight when you're on it originally is because you. I was just going to say you're, so you will lose weight. Right? You will. So, you will absolutely <laughs> but lose at cost, weight. Jesus, but at, right? at the cost of you will feel like complete smashed ass. Right. Yeah. Like it, you feel horrible on it. Which is another side effect of the Azembic, which is that weight loss drug that a lot of people are taking. Check this out. I have a guy. Vomiting. Real quick story. Guy at work, very very large fella. Um, told me, I, he asked about losing weight, and I told him about training and sleeping and everything else. And he said, well, another 50 pounds, my doctor told me he put me on metformin. He goes, I think I'll just put the weight on so I can lose the weight oh. when I get put on metformin. Oh. I looked at it and said, please, whatever you do, do not do that. That's but that's what these people now think, that it's this miracle weight loss drug, and it's okay to get diabetes because... I can go ahead and get on this drug and lose all kinds of weight. They don't care about the health. Yeah, it's we're in a scary. society right now where if you're stressed out, have a glass of wine, get that chemical side. Right. You know, or you've got anxiety, you Take know, this. huff on some weed and get yep. that chemical side and everything will be okay. Yep. Oh, you know, you're a little heavy here. Take this Ozempic. You can't eat. You might have some projectile vomiting, but, you know, you don't have to actually do any work for it. Um, so, you know, this biohacking kind of, leads to some of that stuff that I don't like. Um, but then it has some great stuff too, like the meditation. 
Yes. That's great. You know, sit your ass on the cold ass earth and breathe. think about your life and breathe. Yeah, yeah. breathe. Um, and then fasting for, you know, and caloric restriction. These are things that if you're using them in the right tools, you know, the right mindset and the right as tools, not to fuel your body image disorder or your eating disorder, they're, they're great tools. But yes, and then you like the sauna. And I think there's some benefits to cold therapy. Um, I fortunately, as well. <laughs> yeah, fortunately for cold therapy, it sucks. So I don't think anybody's abusing cold yeah, no, therapy. No, no, abusing I couldn't cold convince therapy. one single person except I for Terry. I made, to go I made Scott go to cryo one time. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, one and done for me, bud. <laughs> What you said about meditation, I, and for me, that's the other thing. When I go into a sauna, it, it, it is my meditation. Yeah. I don't even put headphones on. I like to go in there and just kind of like to think in there. So maybe inadvertently, that's the other reason. Isn't that crazy? You think that's cool. Like, I don't even put headphones on. Yeah, like, I don't. Like, be, that's the other thing. People walk around with these headphones on all the time. It's just constant input. Yep. Constant well, I wouldn't consider input. that meditation. If you, if you were like, yeah, I go in the sauna and put headphones in, it's like, dude, you're no, not meditating. Right. Yeah, no, you're I don't like my headphones. I put everything on, and I just sit yeah, in there and like, I yeah. just enjoy being where I'm at at the moment. But you're right. We're in a constant world of input. We, we have all this. We want them to be this, this high alert, always, you know, we need all these signals and all this stuff to motivate us, and it's destroying us yeah. in the long run. Which is another hit on the parasympathetic nervous system. Right. So there's some music, like, we really like, you know, hard, heavy music, but right. it's actually terrible for our <laughs> it, it is. It is. I'm the same way. I mean, we all love our music, but I think it's a time and place for it, yeah. too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm doing zone two, don't give me heavy music. I'm not going to stay in zone two yeah. because I'm going to take off and go as hard as I can. Zone yeah. two is a good, like you said about, um, I just learned all this through you. When I do my training in zone two now, I take my headphones off yeah. and I just kind of just slow down. I listen to brown noise. Oh, really? Yeah. So What's there's, it's, it's, um, it's supposed to be something to help stimulate um, certain receptors in your brain. So white noise helps you sleep, but brown noise is supposed to help you yep. zen, wasu. So you can you can find it on I'm sure Spotify. But I, I go to Apple and I type in brown noise and yeah, it's just it, it sounds like I guess a crick or something. Crick mountain. I yeah. found that for me if I like when originally I would do the when I was doing treadmill stuff or when I'm just walking or whatever headphones on and it would just be like okay that's my distraction. Now that I know a little bit more about myself, I prefer not to wear headphones at the gym only because I like to be able to okay breathe. Like focus, like yeah, when I'm on the treadmill, head. even just walking, or if I'm walking outside, which I like to do a lot here, um, if I'm just walking laps outside, I don't need headphones. Yeah. You know, just breathe. Get just focus. Head. Think. Focus on breathing. Focus on what it feels like to have that inhale, exhale. Yeah. You know, and it kind of almost, I, that's probably like meditation for me. Yeah. Trail running's the best for that too. That's Everyone scary. wants to. The first time everybody goes out trail running, they got their headphones, and I'm like, leave them in your, leave them in your car. Yeah. Leave them in your car. You're not gonna need them. Um, so let's talk about the allure of drugs hmm. as you get older. And I'm sure, I don't even think you have to be older. Yeah, I don't know that you have to be that old. I know that I started to, like when I got, it was 2020, so I was 42, I started to think, yeah, you know, I'm starting to lose it a little bit. Maybe a peptide or maybe a SARM or maybe this or maybe that. And, you know, you start looking into it and... You know, it's a synthetic compound. We talked about caffeine, so mm -hmm. there's definitely a difference between green tea, coffee, and then these energy drinks. Right. So synthetic caffeine, like especially, 
what is it? What is that drink we have up there? Monster Celsius. Total War. Total War. Total War. Four hundred milligrams of caffeine and it's synthetic, versus a cup of coffee that has one hundred eighty milligrams of natural caffeine. Just gonna hit your system completely different. Um, all these compounds, peptides, SARMs, TRT, they're all synthetic compounds. So they are going to create a super, a super physiological response, which means um, it's a dose higher than what your body is supposed to receive in that hormone compound. Um, so like peptides are supposed to stimulate the production of hormones, but if you have, let's say, um, a tumor, but it's benign, but if you take a peptide, it's going to stimulate that tumor. It could become cancerous. So there's always those warnings on peptides about that. Um, there's injectables, there's transdermal, and then there's the pill form. And all of the research that I did on SARMs and peptides, all of the research was done on one to two milligrams. And everybody that I knew was suggesting especially the thesaurums, 20 milligrams, upwards right. of 20 milligrams. Wow, crazy. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It's, and this is where we're at. We'll go back to the caffeine. I mean, let's label caffeine. It's a drug, it period. Is, it's a yes. drug, right? Yep. So I bet you if we went back to our youth in our 20s, caffeine intake at that time, 100 milligrams a lot for a day. Now we're selling cans with 300 milligrams of caffeine. Yeah. And the worse the name, the, the more people want it, right? Yeah, we want total war. We want death to the brain. I'm in, man. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Like, I was just going to say, the, you can say, I'm going to drink a cup, of, a cup of coffee before I go work out. Or you can be, I'm going to have fucking total war. Yeah, I'm total war. Right. Right. Like, total oh, war so. with a scoop of pre workout. <laughs> right, right, right. And the dry scoop and everything. And it's just like, all right. It's not good. When is enough? Like, enough has to be enough eventually, where we're getting to a point where. We're now 20 years, you and I are 20 years into this, we're seeing the big change in the caffeine intake. Yeah. What's another 20 years look like? And look at some of these kids with heart problems now. We have people, we have athletes, right. have heart problems. Not, I'm not saying that is the problem, I can't, but there has to be a correlation somewhere there. Well, so when you do, when you take caffeine, even if it's just like, let's say, a cup of coffee, 180 to 200 milligrams of caffeine, what that impact is gonna have on me is my resting heart rate. So if I'm sitting around and my resting heart rate, like just, you know, up, not sleeping, is like 55, 60, and I have a cup of coffee, it could raise my, my resting heart rate, so just walking around, kind of natural movement, not doing anything crazy, to 80. So if I drink a cup of coffee and then I start to work out, it does feel better for me to start from a resting heart rate of 80 for it to go to 80 to 120 versus starting at that 60 to 120. Right. So that cup of coffee doesn't necessarily have an impact on my zone training, because once I get going, you get going. That's like your heart kind of evens out. It has an impact on that parasympathetic nervous system like we talked about, so it's impacting my resting heart rate. So it does feel better to have a cup of coffee or something before you work out to go from 80 to 120 when right. you're moving versus 60 to 120, doubling your heart rate. We right. always say, God, like, oh, where am I at? I'm like, 120? Right. Oh my right. God, I feel like, I feel like I'm 195. Yeah. Um, so that does, that, that there's, there are, you know, times when it is appropriate, but yeah, these, but 90 what milligrams of caffeine, of coffee caffeine is a whole lot different than 300 milligrams of synthetic. Right. It's gonna, and they like, it just works different. The I can't sleep and I'm anxious and this and that. It's, you know, yeah, if you're in this generation, <laughs> this isn't working. 
So what do I do? I'm going to do it more. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Give me more. Like, oh, this weed's not working for my anxiety anymore. I must need more. <laughs> give me Xanax, too. Give me give me a beer. Like, what, what's the word? Well, they probably the come in and, uh, you know, they'll take their pre-workout to work out. And like, I need to chill out now. I'm, yeah, I'm, so exactly. That's, so I'm going to miss my pre <laughs> yeah. so you, you know? you're just adding more to right. more yeah, problems. More, chilling, more, right? more, right. more, Listen, more. there was a guy... He did cocaine for his pre-workout, heroin oh, to sleep, and steroids about. every day. You're like, and he's at 55. You're like, uh-huh. come on, like you can't do that for your whole life. It's just it's oh, he's oh, you're talking about the guy that died. Yes. Oh, we know somebody else who does that currently. Oh no. Yeah. But it is <laughs> so to bring it back where we're at. So we're talking about how this, like the allure of it. Yeah. Um. We, so that's caffeine. Let's go a bit further past your songs. It's looking to steroid use right now. Like we have a lot of it. Right. And yeah, I think one of the most popular things right now is TRT because Joe Rogan had that woman on her show. I can't remember her name. And she had a great little, like the guy from the whiteboard thing drew it out and you like got pulled into it and she's telling a story. And you know, you're, you got everybody, Jeremy's over there measuring his baby's taint, making sure he's, <laughs> he's doing good stuff. And Danielle didn't. You know, consumed too many, you know, meals in hot plastic. And, right. you know, everyone got obsessed with the TR, everyone's testosterone. Everyone's going out and getting their testosterone and um, tested. And then all these clinics are popping up. And the availability of testosterone is just, ex- it's extremely available. And you, you don't even need a clinic for it. I mean, no, it's readily you could probably go down here on the floor and find, find five people to get some. Yep. And then none of them have any idea what the hell they're talking about. And there's no baseline blood work, you know? Nobody's getting their thyroid check, their estradiol check, their bun, their creatine, their hematocrit, um, their cholesterol. Nobody's getting any of that checked before they start. And then they start, and then little problems start to pop up, and they do one of two things. They ignore it. Or they double the dose. They double the dose. <laughs> yeah. Double that, or they do, they acknowledge it, and they pull back, and that causes problems, and, uh, you know. Or they go out here on the floor, and they're like, hey, bud. You're doing this. What yeah. would you do? Yeah. This guy's not a doctor. Well, you this is what I did. You need blocker. Yeah, yeah, you need extra block. Oh, you know, it's just up your trend. Like, you're like, wait a second. You try this peptide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll work. Yeah, it'll and work. we listen to, we do too much of this, like, my buddy, my buddy's doing it, it worked good for him, so I'm going to try the same thing. Well, chemistry in everybody's body is going to be different. It's Things that respond to me are going to be different than you. It's you extremely different. Yeah, we so, are biological creatures. Yes. And not only are we biological, I am going to be a different human being tomorrow than I am right now. So I go and do something today and it works beautiful for me. And then I go and try it tomorrow and it it, it doesn't work or it's completely different. It's a completely different experience. Sounds like dumb wonders. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) like a perfect example is my husband's on Coumadin. He has a bicuspid aortic, he was born with a bicuspid aortic valve. So he had that replaced when he was 33 with a mechanical valve. And he's on Coumadin, which is a blood thinner so that he doesn't have um, blood clots and, you know, throw blood clots and have a stroke. And his body, you know, doesn't reject that mechanical valve. So he's on Coumadin, and he has to test his INR. And we're all at a zero. And his INR needs to be at 2.0, well, I think it's 2.5, or 2.5 to 3.5. And um, we were originally going to the VA, and they were testing his INR once a month. And it was like this. It was wow. like this. He'd go in there and he'd be a two, and they'd be like, "Up your medicine." And then he'd go in there and he'd be at a four. And yeah, and when he's at a four or more, like he's literally has blood in his urine. Like it's 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 nasty stuff. He feels like crap. So um, you know, blessed be John Reinhardt. He gave us a machine where he tests his INR at home. 
And um, so he tests his INR once a week now, and he can keep track of it. But even through the weeks, like if Ray eats more vegetables, or if he works out a little bit heavier, or if he gets the flu and he sits on his ass, these things all impact how his body digests the cumin and how his liver is processing the cumin every day. So I don't know why people would think that, oh yeah, I'm going to do testosterone and I'm going to do 100 milligrams every week or every day or whatever the hell they're doing uh, and it's not going to impact me more. And it's synthetic. So if, ca if a synthetic caffeine hangs out in your body longer, why would not a synthetic testosterone hang out in your body? And then that accumulates and accumulates and accumulates and it gets too high and then you start having anxiety and racing heartbeat and these are the beginning signs of heart trauma. Like if you have a racing heart rate continuously and you have an SVT, which is you know where your heart's skipping a beat, it's arrhythmia, it's going all over the place, your heart is um, producing an enzyme called troponin, which means that you are in heart trauma. Like that is what your heart gives off when you have a heart attack. That's how they, when you go in and they pull blood out of you, that's what they test you to see if you're having a heart attack, is your troponin. And there will be levels of troponin. There'll be the enzyme in your blood whenever this happens. And these people are doing this from in there. If you decide you want to do TRT, you've got to do it with an endocrinologist, period. Period. You can't do it at a clinic. You shouldn't be doing it with these people down here on the floor. My buddy says this, my buddy says that. And you shouldn't be doing it with a general practitioner. Endocrinologist. That's, that's just, that it's, other, you're, 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 fucking with your life. Yep. And not only your life, but your wife's life. Right. Your children's lives. It impacts everything. Because yep. if you can't work, how are you supposed to pay for shit? That's right. And if you're in a bad mood and your heart's racing, you got anxiety all the time, are you being a good dad or are you... Not even in the moment. No. Not even there. No. You're too no. worried about yourself. You're snapping at them. Yep. Yeah. So, True. What, so my general understanding is that you don't need to supplement your testosterone. It's pretty much the placebo effect. I would think that majority of people are a dumpster fire. And if they would get some baseline things together... You don't need it? No. That's what I thought. From what I read, you don't really need to be on testosterone. So the fact that a general practitioner is going to be like, here, take this, this might make but you better. But most of them won't. Most right. of them won't. Okay. You're, you, need to be, you would have to almost seek out someone... Yes. That, that is a okay, all right. specialist. I was going to say, because I, from what I've read, I was like, there is no need for anybody to be on this. Yeah. Most of the people that I know that have pretty low testosterone um, are dumpster fires. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. dumpster fires. Well, if we go back to, like, you being a, you being a nutritionist, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. how many people, how many of these doctors are going to go, first off, let's look at your diet. Yeah. Let, let's look at their dietary factors first, because... That can tank your TRT. You're a high sugar person. Oh, watch your watch your alcohol. testosterone tank. Alcohol, alcohol. tanks you. Yeah. Blair right. County, like I watch the Blair County Explore Altoona. What's happening in Altoona? I get so angry. All it is all is drinks, diabetic drinks. Yep. Where the local party is in yep. fried whatever's fried and on the menu today at you know pizzas and two liters of soda. This town is. Famous for, for partying. But we're partying because it's too cold. We're partying because it's warm out. We're partying. It's Friday. We're partying. Like in here, in, in the summertime, it's a ghost town. That's why we don't have Barbell Club on Friday nights. Nobody comes. Nobody comes. Everybody's out partying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody's out partying. But they'll turn around and then come Monday, the Richard Beezer. And put, Monday, the the <laughs> and put all their synthetic shit back in their system because they're like, 
well, you know, I'm gonna eat like shit, I'm gonna treat my bar like shit, but I'm gonna stay, keep my competitive edge by putting these synthetic compounds in my system. It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah. Now, we went to talk about biohacking, right? So let's yeah. say I'm really, uh, I'm really weird with like, like ashwagandha, let's say. So ashwagandha, you hear all kinds of stuff. So my diet's in order, my sleep's in order. Would ashwagandha be a benefit for someone like me? Is that the... Um, it's like an herb. It's supposed to be... A-S-H-W? Yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I'm, I'm very phonetic, so you're not saying ashwanda, so I don't no, know what you're it, talking it's, about. It's, <laughs> it's not how it's spelled. Yeah. A-S-H-W-A-N-D-A. Yeah. 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 I'm horrible with that. Yeah. It's, um, so this basically, they, they call this like... I take it. Do you take it? Oh, yeah. I, I take it every day. I take lots of it. I, okay. I have no idea if it's helping me or not. I take it too, yeah. um, and I just wasn't sure your input on it. But again, like you, we went back and talked about earlier. Is that going to help the dumpster fire if Correct. I don't sleep enough, drink enough that's, water? That's not a fix-all. Eat well. Yeah, if I drink too much. Yeah. And it's a compliment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, we're biological. We've got genetic predispositions for hyper responses to everything. Yep. So what you respond to one thing and what I respond to another, I mean, it could be as minor as acne and it could be as major as degeneration of heart function. So why would you play around with that? I mean, what, it just, it just all, all because of what? To look good. Yeah, to look good. I mean, the allure of it is definitely there. I mean, it's just, just, just it's speaking, speaking on our side of the table, right? So Jeremy and I, you know, even at, at our age, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy is not, you know, necessarily fighting, trying to lose weight or trying to, to do anything crazy like that. But when you've reached that plateau, you know, and when you reach the thing that something stops working, it can be just as simple as reaching out to a nutritionist, you know, or reaching out to talk to you, to talk to Tim, to talk to, to Scott or to talk to Jeremy and say, okay, you know, what I'm doing right now is not working. And then they can take a look at what it is you're doing yeah. and realize that, okay, well, you've been doing the same bench squat deadlift for the last six years. I imagine that if you were looking for different results, maybe you should try something different. Yeah. You know, maybe we talk about zone training or we talk about, you know, actually Im improving your HRV, which is going to do the same things as these synthetic right. nonsense that you're going to put in your body without hurting you. Yeah. Well, you and I had this conversation and it's we did. coming from... It's coming from his standpoint, like, he's on the floor, he lost all this weight, but then he's seeing these guys that are making right. huge improvements. He's like, why do I do, like, why do I look like that? And I'm like, eh, there's a reason. Yeah. Well, then he starts getting to his head, well, I want to look like that. So, and we've had long, deep conversations about yeah. this. I'm like, no, you're not touching that shit. I, you're not going to do yeah. it. Give it time. I, have, I just had this conversation with a nutritional client the other day. Like, she's like, I really want to lose 20 pounds. And I said, okay. And, like, she's telling me, I only eat 1,600 calories. And, and for her body size, there's no way she's only eating 1,600 calories. And I was, like, asking, asking, asking. We're scrubbing, scrubbing, scrubbing. And, you know, there's, 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 I know there's snacks going on that are not getting calculated right for her, for her calories. So, you know, I'm trying to, trying to pull that out of her with letting her see where she's going wrong. And then I said to her in the end, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you, like, I look like this because I am very hyper aware of everything I eat and I have a feeding window. And once that feeding window is over, that, I'm done eating for the day and I'm hungry. I am hungry and I want to eat. I'd love to just sit down with a fucking jar of peanut butter and sit on my floor and, <laughs> and, and here's all my sorrows. Yeah, but I don't. I sit there and I drink water. Because I am hyper vigilant of the way I want to look, and I said, if that's the way you want to live, then we, I can get you there. I can get you there without all those drugs, but you've got to be able to be willing to be emotionally strong enough to put in the work. And most people aren't. And yes, those drugs will take you there, but like I said, there is going to be eventually a response to that. 
Now, Jeremy, this will be very interesting because, you know, Jeremy's young. Um, who knows? I, in 20 years, I hope I still know Jeremy. But I, I might not. But in 20 years, it, those will be very interesting because Jeremy is an anomaly. And he is very much like I was when I was young. He doesn't have to watch his weight. He can pretty much eat whatever he wants if he wanted to. But he doesn't eat a lot, and that's how I was. I didn't really eat a lot. He runs essentially on hatred and... <laughs> hatred, caffeine. Oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't yeah. really consume oh, good. And I never consumed caffeine until good. I was 32 years old. Really? Yeah. Um, he touches a barbell. Every time he touches the, the barbell, he gets he gets stronger. Phenomenally stronger, yeah. Every Bridge time he touches cleans. one of the machines, his water just goes up. I mean, he is like... The anomaly, and you know, we had people at Gorilla Games act saying they want to test it, and I can tell you, he's not doing yeah. anything. This boy is not. I can test it right now. Get the cup out. <laughs> yep. I'll pee in it right now. Oh, I can testify for. I've watched you. Like I know how you are. You're you're phenomenal. But you are. so, but he is who everyone's chasing. Right. That's who I was, and then you turn 40, 41, yep. and oh, I'm not the strongest. I'm not. I started not being the strongest anymore. Like Siler was freaking nipping at my heels for you know, eight years, and she finally caught me, passed me, and I'm like... That's it. Yeah, that's it. So, And I do. I start looking at the peptides and the SARMs. It, it's alluring. But then you have to bring it back in, and you're like, there's people that are stuck on pharma, pharmaceutical drugs because they abused their bodies when they were younger. You know, whatever, diabetes, blood pressure, whatever it was, and now they're on these drugs for the rest of their life to, to sustain some sort of quality of life. And I don't want that. Right. I don't want that. I don't want to mess up what I have because if you start taking stuff and you mess it up, where are you at on the other side? Right. And, I, and that's, you know, that's a question I don't want to have to answer. Me neither. So it will be interesting because that's going to be 20 years for him. And we don't, what is 20 years going to look like? like what, what's the caffeine consumption going to look like in 20? What's the availability of TRT? If you can go over to any clinic Just grab it. and grab it and go, and there's really no supervision well, on it. Remember, like, what was the, like, the stacker two, right? So, like, that, that was, like, this magic weight loss, and it was... Agent Orange. Had, right, had, right? Yeah. So, it had but a bedroom. But if you think about it, it also, like, they had caffeine and that... And it was like it back then, like two hundred. It was like two hundred, two hundred yeah. milligrams, and then aspirin. So thin, yeah. so it thinned your blood out, yeah. and it got your heart racing. So you were burning calories yeah. because you were just sitting still. But even looking at that, so there was maybe two hundred milligrams of caffeine in that. You go and get a bang, and there's three hundred milligrams of caffeine in it. And they were like, these things need banned. This is bad for people. But now you can go to Sheets and pick one up. Well, we had a kid in here not too long ago, uh, 16, 17 year old. Yeah. There's the 18. Anyways, regardless, regardless young kid. Young. Um, there's a challenge on TikTok or whatever. Doing a scoop of pre-workout in a bang. I think he did a ghost. They're the same thing. Yeah. Yep. So what happens whenever you consume too much caffeine that your body can't process is your body pushes, your kidneys push the potassium out. And your potassium helps regulate your heart. So he was going into SVT. Yeah. He came up to the desk gray and said, I don't feel good to Freddie. And Freddie's like, What's going on? He's like, I can feel my heart beating. Tim was at the desk, and Tim's like, you know, we're gonna call 911. And the, the kid got super fearful. My mom's, my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. And he didn't want them to call 911. And Tim was great. Tim calmed him down, and and you know, they called 911. 911 came, and he was going to go into cardiac arrest. 
his story like these Gosh. tears to my eyes because yeah. I talked to his mom the next day and she was crying and she was so appreciative of Tim like calming him down and letting him because he would have died yeah. he would have died so it's very very it is very scary yeah yeah so basically what we're, what we're getting at here if we're out there listening be mindful of what you're putting in your system your body is super resilient but to a point right there there's a breaking point there's a limit there's a melting pot um, and if you keep adding the poisons and the, the drugs and everything else into it, that melting pot's going to boil over, and it will cost you longevity of life. It will cost you issues down the road. Um, and take it from a 45-year-old man that has joint problems, you do not want to, you don't want to make your life any worse than what it has to be. Like, yeah. You don't life know what the future enough. holds, right? You don't know what okay. the future holds. When I was 38, my life got twisted around where I had my hips done, right? Yes, it's very hard for me to come in here and watch Jeremy and the other trainers yeah. lift massive amounts of weights that I can never touch again in my life. Yeah. I tried it and I think I can do it and I'm paying the price because it kills my joints. It hurts. Yeah. So I have to understand, yes, I can get on these drugs and probably be able to keep up with it, but at what cost is that going to cost me? I'm 45 years old and eventually that's going to kick me in the yeah. ass. I could be dead at 60 if I keep that up. Yeah, you were talking about you're, after this you're going over and buying a bike and I was like, oh, you're going to buy a bike? You're like, you like like Allegrippus and yeah. you're like, yeah, I love Allegrippus and I was like, I'll just run it because right. me, me and bikes, oh man, I ride the brakes, you should see me, I'm a mess. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> and, two different. Yeah, but you were like, I'm done, my days of running are done and yeah. you know, that's, that's, I clap for you. That, it hurts if that lights yes, are Yes, it does, but that's so grown up. Yeah. Because I also live with somebody who, you know, his movement patterns are kind of terrible. He was, you know, he sold his body to Arlington County for a very cheap price. Yep. You know, he was the guy that was going in first and knocking down doors. And he's that big, strong gorilla. And, you know, now we're paying for it because his joints aren't well. And things, you know, things just aren't, he's just, he's, he's crunchy. And he's, when he's crunchy, he's grumpy. And I keep saying to him, you have to switch what you're doing. You have to switch what you're doing. And then to come in and try and check your ego when you have this guy right. next to you. So and then hard. Freddie, freaking Freddie is going to be another one. Like, I yeah. cannot wait to watch Freddie and Jeremy's little. Yeah. Because Jer Freddie's going to be better than Jeremy. Because that's just how it's going to be. Because Jeremy's you, better Freddie. than Ray. Like, this is a product. I can't tell Ray that all the time. I'm like, you need to calm down. Like, you should be. Like this dude, when we first met him, all he did was run and did bicep curls. Like he. <laughs> <laughs> now look at you. Yeah, he was. That's you know, he's insane. a stud because he works out with us. Yeah. And Freddie's gonna be. I mean, he's a stud now, but. Product of my environment. Yeah, so he, and so is he, and he's gonna chase Jeremy awesome. around. Yeah, and that, like you have to kind of step back and like say, I did it, and now let me right. contribute to the next generation. I don't want to have another. Hip replacement. And if I kept going the way I was going with running and beating down, well, how that are was inevitable. Well, how are you supposed to do that? What are they going to do? She shaves more of your uh, bone down? They take they take the old hips that you beat up. Yeah. And they take them back out. So, so take what does the, that look like for Bo Jackson, year right? So take, right. Let, let's take Bo Jackson, right? Remember Bo Jackson? Do you remember yeah. Bo Jackson? All right. So Bo Jackson had in football, football had two had both hips replaced seven times so far. Oh my he god. He now has his femur bone has been beat on so long that he now has a rod from his knee to his hip because. That femur can't keep taking the new joint. Yeah. So it, they now he has he has a hip that has basically a rod that runs down to his knee. Yeah. You what kind of keep quality it. of life does that give right. you? And that's that was my I, I went nope. I don't want any more. First, I don't want any more surgeries because surgeries can lead in like they can actually wake up cancer cells. What I've been reading like too many surgeries oh. when you start going in can actually well, trigger yeah, cancer because problems. We talked about that. Growth is growth. Growth is growth. Right. right. Yeah. So I was like ah, I'm trying to avoid as many surgeries as possible. Let's be smarter with my I my even heavy weight days. 
very very seldom for me. I do a lot of yeah. volume type well, stuff. Well, yeah, I don't I don't uh, one rep max anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, I chased it and chased it. I think last year's Gorilla Games, um, I hit one ninety on the clean and two jerks. And I mean, we did a workout the other day, and I hit one thirty five, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. like heavy. But that's I think that's where I'm gonna be. Just where we're yeah, at. and I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm okay with that. And that's where we'll, we'll kind of end it with you know. Understand your age, train for your age, but don't get don't get into your head about it. You have to adapt with your age. Um, if someone's 15, 20 years younger than me, I'm, I have to understand that they are going to be a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. They're going to have, am I going to be stronger in certain areas? Yeah, probably mentally because I have the experience. I might be able to help think them somewhere, like in a tactic, like you're doing a CrossFit workout. Tactics, maybe I can get a little bit faster in transition. You just got to be able to think for yourself and know your strength and weaknesses at your age and apply it. But... At the end of the day, gym and exercise and fitness is about extending our life. Right. That's what this is about. It's about the competition yeah. stuff is cool, but yeah. at the end of the day, increasing the improvement of right. your of your quality of life, not being your life. Right. Yeah. If you if you find yourself, the gym is your life. You need to take a step back and find a hobby, and yes. yeah, you're about as shallow as a puddle. So. But there's, you know, there's also <laughs> you have a real way with words. <laughs> um, there, yeah. There's always that trade off. Right. Yeah, be, just be aware of those. And you know what? It's okay if you decide that that's the trick. I mean, you, like, I served eight years in the Marine Corps. You served... 20 years in the military. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you can do whatever the hell you want with your body. Just understand the trade-offs. Yeah. I think a lot of people going into some of this drug use and stuff are blind. And that's what our... Well, you live in the now. Like, right now, I want to be like this. Right. Yeah. So but you have to understand that trade-off, like yeah. yeah. But in 10 years, no one thinks that you way. Know, like, well, I think look, 10 years ahead, where I can have the body I want right now. And it's hard, too, because you have people talking about longevity and um, peak performance, and they're like, oh, I'm doing this for longevity, like The Rock. The fuck you're doing that yeah. for longevity? You're, you're 50 years old. Whatever you're doing is so that you can make millions of dollars playing superheroes in movies like yeah. you, what you're doing has nothing to do with longevity right. like he's th that's in that's the Instagram world you get caught up in that too I would say that's a lot of the problem too is your influencers on these Instagram pages um, I think social media has ramped out. up yep. the use of this of these things yeah you well know? there's a guy right now he is he is pushing for all veterans with PTSD to be on TRT he says it's cure-all and I'm like oh I'll, I'll send you his information. Uh, I don't know his name. Okay. As soon as I get it. I've always been under the impression that, like, it's if bad. you're going to use something like that, you need to realize that if you're, just for sake of discussion, if you already are an asshole, it's yeah. going to multiply things, yeah. right? So it now can, you're going yeah. to be more of an asshole. Really you know, and if you're, if you're not thinking things through and you're making that decision, you really need to take a hard look at everything else and all the other factors because it could be much, much worse. You know, and it's going to magnify any illnesses that you have or any... It's just not good. Yeah, there's a trade-off. Yeah, and I think that's kind of just what we wanted to get at today. Before we go any further, um, I know one thing we forgot to touch on today. So we've talked about nutrition several times on this podcast. You are currently running a nutrition program, right, with mm -hmm. has to do with blood work. Can you explain how this works? Oh, it's not blood work. It's urine. I'm sorry. With yeah. urine. I'm sorry. So uh, it's called metabolomics. And um, so metabolomics is the study of the nutrients in your in your body so how your body is um it it's, there's 37 trillion cells in your body well 
bigger bodies have more, smaller bodies have less. Um, and they're currently bringing in nutrients, making molecules, removing waste, that housekeeping process. Um, it requires energy, shocking everything, it requires energy. Um, the measure of those product of cells is called metabolomics. So that's the proteins and enzymes that your cells are making, that's what it's measuring. So it, you, it's an at-home test, it measures um, urine, uh, a mouth swab, and a finger prick. The finger prick's for fatty acids, I can't remember what the mouth swab's for, and then the urine, you do a first morning urine, you pour it in a couple cups, I think it's like seven little vials, you freeze it and you send it back. Um, and then I get this really detailed list of your vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, um, and you know essentially how your body is doing. Um, it's been really fun. Uh, I've had done about seven tests on people now, and it's been really fun to see. But um, the the feedback that I'm getting from it, uh, diet is so important. The metabolomics test has showed me how important diet really is. Um, I had a guy who did keto, or was doing keto, and he did his, and he came back with a warning that he should seek medical, like professional Ooh, yeah. medical advice. Yeah, because <coughs> I'm not, I'm not a medical professional, so if, if it's something that I can't handle, I obviously send you off to see a doctor. Um, I had a guy who was binging, uh, binging on, you know, he drives a truck around, he's got access to donuts and all sorts of trash, and that's, you know, what he's kind of living off of. He got another one. His was a warning to go see a medical professional. Wow. Um, I have somebody else who he claims he drinks kind of heavily, but I think that he's more talk than he is. But he eats very, very well. I mean, very sound diet. Eats the same thing almost every day. Lots of vegetables, lots of water, and his numbers came back well. Now, of course, these are just nutrients. If he's got some inflammation markers from right. the alcohol consumption he's doing, then that's not going to show up in those tests. Um, and then I, I did one on myself, and um, you know, interesting enough, I thought I was going to come back a rock star, but I eat very narrow, like I was telling you guys, and I came back with a lot of things that were that were flares. One of them was biotin, which is interesting because I'd been fighting with um, cracked lips for a year, and I could not figure it out. And here my biotin was low, so I started taking a biotin supplement, and my cracked lips went away. It was it was wow. like miraculous because I'd been dealing with. It. I mean, I bought every lip balm under the sun. Yeah, I even used prescription good. stuff, and it would not go away. So, um, and the other thing that I was fighting with was my gut biome um, because I had had strep throat in September, and I had taken an antibiotic for it, and it was still hanging. My gut biome was still yeah. deficient three months later. So, it really let me know to kind of bump up some nutrients, but. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's been... Oh, Jesus. That's not... That's, that's time for you to wake up. podcast is over. Yeah, yeah. That, that's your warning. So that's measuring... Basically, they're only going to tell you stuff from what you're eating. Like it's, you just said, like, it's yeah. not going to tell you, like, if I was a heavy drinker... Yeah, like, it's, it's not going it, it to tell, tell you kidney anything. disease or liver It's not going to yeah. tell me if you have kidney disease or anything like that, but there are certain nutrients where if you're a heavy drinker, it's going to suppress... Oh, okay. Even if you're eating those nutrients, it's going to suppress them. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But no, and it, the, the test is very expensive. It's the, it's five hundred dollars. Um, but I I you get the test, and then I also work with you for six weeks. We talk about what you're currently eating and how we can massage it to make that better. So um, it's expensive, but like I said, well, you know, some things aren't for everybody. But um, I also do regular nutritional consults. Um, they're sixty five dollars. I'll have you. 
track everything you're eating for three days to include you know, any, anything you're drinking. We sit down, we scrub it, we talk about your goals, and then we come up with a plan that's fit for you. And like I said, uh, we talked about this briefly in the beginning. There's a lot of limiting factors when it comes to diet, and it really has nothing to do with actual food. Like, I sit down and talk with people every day, and they're like, oh, yeah, this, I don't like olives or onions, as long as you don't make me eat olives or onions. And I'm like, okay, well, this should be pretty easy. Right. But then it comes down to, like, if you change too much, too much at once, that's overwhelming. Um, if you have a perfectionist ad, attitude, like, if I can't do it right, I won't do it at all. Um, mm. Your values, like, I might be more comfortable in my fear of, like, at least whatever I'm doing right now, I know. If I change, I don't know what I'm doing. So there's that fear and trying to overcome that. And then there's also, like, the people that you surround yourself with. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to and they want to do better for themselves, but they have a spouse and their spouse is so insecure in the thought of their husband or their wife losing 10 or 20 pounds and possibly being this, you know, new, improved Pop-Tart out on the streets is just too much for them. So they water their spouse down. Like, your social structures are so important. So, yeah, I mean, nutrition is very hard because it's not just... Eat right. Hey, eat this macro okay. and you're going to lose weight. Well, it's, it's actually that simple. Like, eat this way and you will you will look this way. Right. But there's so many emotions threaded through it. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So they can find you. If anybody's looking for that, they can find you and ask you about it and you set them up with yep. what they do. I always tell people to hit me up with the Gorilla House uh, Instagram page or Facebook. Um, I try and keep my personal um, Instagram and Facebook for friends and family yep. just because in the past it's caused drama and you know we, no, we don't want drama <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy would you have anything else you want to good for the good for the ad for the good of the cause yeah, I think that's it Cover anything coming up anything coming up in the near future with the gym no nope. any events or anything no we're okay. going to be kind of kind of quiet just kind of on heads down and working quo, yeah you know, the thing with events, and I'll, I'll only say this just because I want to plant this in everybody's ear, if you don't see stuff on the calendar, is we put stuff out there. I've got tons of ideas. I love, I have an endurance idea I'd love to do, and I told Ray about it the other day, and he said no, and I was like, <laughs> and, and then I was like, he's right, though. He's right. He's like, you know, every time we just, I was just getting frustrated about Gorilla Games. Every time we have an event, a thousand pound challenge, Gorilla Games, Ollie Challenge, anything it is, like, nobody signs up. I have to walk up and personally invite them and then talk with them about overcoming their fears because they can't realize it's about personal accountability and working towards something to better themselves. All they see is putting their, you know, their ego on the table for everyone well, to yeah. examine it, which is crazy because I, no, one, no one cares about anybody but themselves. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not to be rude, but let's say 2018, who remembers who won the Gorilla Games in 2018? Anybody remember? Yeah. And I'm not being rude, yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is... Who won this year? <laughs> right. Nobody is going to remember. I can tell you who competed. That's all I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We made an attempt. Yeah. Like, it, that's, it, that's what it's about. So if there's anyone that is on the fence about trying something, or you see something that's coming up, and you're like, oh, I don't really know if I belong doing this, even when it's, when it's like the trail running and stuff, everybody's always like, oh, I don't want to run. I don't want to be outside. Last. I don't want to be last. Listen, if I'm there, I can promise you I'm probably going to be the one that's last. You don't have to worry about that. Listen, if we go off for trail run, I can guarantee you I'm in the back. I'm going to be <laughs> last because I am a Marine, and the last man is the only man I'm worried about. 
So if you guys, if I put it out there, we're trail running, you don't have to worry about that. I'm gonna bring the recovery vehicle from here on out. I'll drive behind everybody, yeah. <laughs> pick everybody up. Well, everybody's like, well, I don't wanna make you run slow. It's like, if I wanna go and run, I will not invite you. Right. <laughs> right. I will not, I, when That's I wanna go run, I won't even invite him, because him and I are different. Right. Like we went running the one time and I was like, shit, I should have given him my keys. He had to stand in the cold for 20 minutes Good for, for me. <laughs> that's what he gets. But, but I, I, I just want to make sure anybody that's listening, if you're on the fence about doing one of these competitions or if you're on the fence about trying anything, I'm a prime example. Just do it. Like, you're never going to know. You're never going to have any idea. And you're only going to sit there and sleep at night. And as you're falling asleep, be like, maybe I should have tried that. And yeah, you should have. And you get to work out with your friends. And you get to work out with your friends. And it's so much fun. You know, yeah. we, it, it, it's, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great environment. And it needs to happen. And you, you just got to try it. Once you do it once, I think you're going to be hooked. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the new face of the uh, Chip of the Champ podcast. Um, we'll be probably come up with a new name here in the near future. But it's awesome to have... You guys with us now, having Jeremy and, and Ian, Thanks so much us. information to have. Um, so this is going to be the four, the four of us from here on out. It's going to be, um, as you can see, what we've kind of switched directions, a lot of information to put out. We want you guys to grow. We want you to learn. We want you to have the proper information. So when you do train, you're not training through bro science or training through real science, through trained, qualified people. Josh being our tech guy, plus adding his take on it from a... Um, from an outside perspective. From the baby's um, view. Yeah, from the baby's view. So we appreciate you listening. Um, we will let you know the next time we do one. So thank you very much. Again, anyone has ahead. any feedback, please make sure you reach out. Let us know what your feedback is. We'd be very interested to hear maybe some future topics of things that you'd like to hear. If you want to pick someone's brain, there's a lot of intelligent people here with the exception of me. So we can definitely utilize. <laughs> no, I, think, I don't think, I don't agree with that at all. Uh-oh. Yeah, your business management is is phenomenal like that key th- that's all anything is josh is just business. management yeah it's just managing managing pieces see she's pieces just being really nice now intelligence is not just the fitness side <laughs> yeah. right you have now. something now. else to bring to the table yeah intelligence is what you do yeah. be smart anything so all right thank you okay thank you very much